Welcome to Doctor Who on the Rocks, a podcast where we drink whiskey, discuss the longest running show in science fiction, and arbitrarily assign points to find out who really is the best doctor. I'm Diana, and I've seen it all. And I'm Jen. I've seen nothing. This week's story is The Keys of Marinus. But first, it's the Whiskey of the Week. (laughs) So far, every time you've given me a good sound effect. So I appreciate it and it needs to just keep going. All right. So this week is... Balcones, which is one of our older Texas whiskeys. This specific bottle expression being the Texas pot still bourbon. All right. Pot still is just a very specific type of still that is a unique distillation process. Mm-hmm. We'll just have to take a field trip one day yeah. and have the guys at Balcones, which is in Waco, so it would be little bit a of a trip yeah but one of the things i like about balcones is that they actually do a really good job on instagram mm-hmm. and so they're on their stories a lot and their head distiller is often doing their instagram stories and so mm. it's somebody talking to you about whiskey that is really like that's their life yeah that's their interests that's what they've gone to school it's a bunch of academically interested mm-hmm. whiskey distillers And that's one of the things that I'm really fascinated with the modern whiskey movement is that with a lot of the head distillers, it's not just people who are like, this is my, I'm the fourth generation, which is great. That's awesome. Learn the family trade. That's uh, no shade, no anger there. But I'm also really into these guys that have, and women, Mm -hmm. that have PhDs. And know the actual science behind yeah, it. Yeah, that they have like degrees and, in microbiology yeah, and they yeah. know yeah, all of this stuff. And they've taken this time mm-hmm. to do a doctorate for whiskey. Yeah. And that's just, it really goes to show, especially coming science from a science nerd and you love oh, it. I love it. <laughs> I think it's so great. It's that really great combination that like academics doesn't mean boring. Mm-hmm. Academics means you know some really specific shit, yeah, but that you can really apply it in some really fun ways. Yeah. So, I, funny story about Balcones. I actually felt super fancy recently. We, my partner and I, went to this restaurant here locally that is known for their whiskey, and I was I asked them, you know, what Texas whiskeys do you have? And I ordered Balcones, the blue one with the honey, and I felt so. That was like my my moment where I was like, yeah. So, Balcones, you keep doing you. I know. I was so tickled. I got a little text. <laughs> I felt confident enough to order my own whiskey. I that would made me really happy that we've <laughs> we've gone and even just you know this is only going to be episode seven, mm-hmm. and to have gone through enough that that you felt confident enough. Mm-hmm. To know that you couldn't really go wrong with Balcones. Uh, so I believe that the one that we tried over the holidays from Balcones was their baby blue whiskey bourbon. Mm-hmm. 
and it was super yum. So I'm really excited about this pot still. I'm excited. I'm super excited. Taste, shall we? Uh, yeah. So their profile, not all whiskey distilleries are putting the actual profile on their websites, but this okay. was really great because as we have stated, <laughs> shit palettes, shit palettes, <laughs> we're going to be smelling some honey crisp apples. I got the honey. Uh-huh. Not so much uh, the apples. Toasted oak, which is going to come from the barrels. Okay. Kettle corn. Graham cracker hmm. and oiled glove, which is just a fascinating add-on to how it's supposed to smell or what you're getting Definitely out of the don't nose. Smell the oiled glove. I'm going to be honest; I've never smelled an oiled glove. I don't know what that's supposed to smell like. I guess it depends on the oil, right? Yeah. Hmm. What um, the gloves being used for? I mean, I think it's supposed to be very reminiscent of like Texas Rancher. Yeah. I'm thinking you need more to oil like your mechanic. gloves. So that, yeah, not that kind of oil. <laughs> We're not talking about cars. I think this is a, think more like horses. Mm. It smells good. It does smell good. Oh. Woo. That's good. Mm-hmm. It kicks you in the ovaries, but it's definitely good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that one. Mm-hmm. That is such a nice one after the shit storm that was last week. Yeah. This is what was this is this is what I expected from Texas whiskey. This good, full feeling like it's. Yeah, you know, I wasn't gonna talk. Sh- I was actually gonna talk shit about on eighteen thirty five again because I was like, and I gave that an eight. You did because you're dumb. <laughs> this is definitely better. Oh yeah, this is. This is some good shit. I like this. Oh man, and like the this. longer that like the like after notes of it mm-hmm. are probably the most pleasant of any of them I think that we've had so far. Yeah. It it doesn't like the the punch isn't really like I feel it. But it's not uncomfortable like mm-hmm. with other whiskeys that we've had on the show so far. Where it's just like this lingering burn. This one's definitely like it burns. Yeah, but it burns so good. Yeah, it burns so good. Mm-hmm. There's something about this one that definitely it tastes like I don't know. It tastes like knowing that it's a Texas whiskey. It tastes like I would want something representing Texas to taste like. It's kind of yeah. got that like I feel like ranch. Like I'm on a ranch. Yeah. Well, I was thinking like. I could definitely get down with some barbecue. Oh, and for this whiskey. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this would be good after like a long day on like I want to get fucked up at the tailgate. I want this whiskey. Like this would be really fun. Like it's so good. It's mm-hmm. so yummy. Especially on those cold nights. Oh, fuck it. Mm-hmm. Take give it to me at 99 degrees on July 4th. <laughs> This is this is going to time anywhere. Yeah, this is definitely going to be in my wheelhouse. I look forward to exploring more of the balcones. They also have a a peated whiskey. I'm excited for that. If this is how good one of their Texas ones are, I can considering that I do just love me some peat. Mm -hmm. I really look forward to what they can do with uh, peated barley so that we 
oh man, it's gonna be so young. Mm-hmm. But I have to, I have to find it first because I can't just drive to Waco and pick up a bottle. Mm-mm. So I'm, I'm. Hunting. I mean, you could. I mean, I could, but I'm. Part of my problem is I'm lazy. Fair enough. Beautiful whiskey, super delish. But what are you gonna rank it? <sighs> Y'all, I feel like I've been ranking everything eights. But this is definitely better than 1835, which I really regret giving an eight, as I've said multiple times. This one, I, I think I'm going to, it's, it's kind of up there for me, like the terracotta, terracotta. <laughs> <laughs> Buried different, in the mists of China. Different, different thing. I think I gave that one like an 8.979, I think. Um, I think at this one. I might give it an 8.75. You gave Tawakaro an 8.75. Oh, oh, shit. Okay. Well, this is definitely on par. I feel I feel like it might even be a little bit more. So I'll say 8.79. Cool. Mm-hmm. I'm... I'm... 9.5. Oh. Okay. I'm in love with this mm. um i i wasn't expecting it i really was not expecting to like this one just because i've noticed that i like some of the more um peaty well yeah that, that goes under it but more of the more pungent mm-hmm. flavorings the ones that you are like this punched me in the throat i don't necessarily like this feeling mm-hmm. are the ones where i'm like oh this is great. <laughs> One more time, please. Please. <laughs> <laughs> and and so I because this is you know and that's been a lot of the rise. I know it at my house. I drink a lot of um, you know Lafroig mm-hmm. and Islay scotches. But so I wasn't expecting a whole lot mm-hmm. in terms of loving it. Mm-hmm. But I this is going to be one that I will always keep in my whiskey cabinet i think mm-hmm. so yeah um i would give this one a 9.5 and it makes me extremely excited to pull more bottles of balcones i will definitely be more interested in some of the um mm-hmm. higher ticket items this one is also really exciting because i spent a whole 28 bucks on this bottle and considering that i think the uh, some of the other ones that we've had that we've ranked kind of that are some of our lower tier ones, um, mm-hmm. expensive wise, mm-hmm. have been in the twenty to twenty five yeah. dollar price range. Mm-hmm. Considering I just spent the same amount on this, this is I, I would grab this blown over, out of the water. Yeah, over the blown out of the water. Mm-hmm. I would take this on a tender date when I feel fancy. Oh man, I would take this on a tender date <laughs> when I'm feeling trashy. <laughs> this this okay. As much as I would never want eighteen thirty five to ever represent me in any way, shape, or form. This one, I would be like confident, yeah. happy to say, I only spent $30 on you, bitch, but what a $30. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is not a drinking game whiskey. This is definitely like. For $30, it might as well be. Give me a drinking game with this beautifully I mean, tasting I whiskey. Yes. I'm can, just saying. You more can make of some the- good cocktails. This is true. You can make some really yummy things. That 1835, we dumped into a two liter of Coke and. <sighs> trash so you give it an 8.79 i'm giving it 
a 9.5. It is, on average, our highest ranking whiskey so far. I mean, I agree. Very exciting. This week, we are talking about the Keys of Marinus. The Keys of Marinus aired between April 11th and May 16th of 1964. So we're nice and springtime. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This was written by Terry Nation. Is that a familiar name to you? Yeah, he wrote something else, right? Yeah, the Daleks. Okay. So he's kind of a, a big okay. deal. They said, Terry Nation, you did such a good job on a last minute story. Would you like to write another quick story? Because the one that is supposed to be airing is shit. And Terry Nation said, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> so he acquiesced and... Here we are with the Keys of Marinus. It was directed by John Gorey, and I think this is the first time that we've seen him. Okay. So while these episodes were premiering, what's going on in the world slash the UK? America-wise, Sydney Poitier, which is one of my favorite names to say, mm-hmm. Sydney Poitier was the first black actor to win an Academy Award huh. for lead actor. So that's really exciting. Tanganyika and Zanzibar merged to form one country, today known as Tanzania. Andy Serkis, who played Gollum and was the bad guy in Black Panther, he was born. He's one of my favorite actors. Very versatile. Really great. Really funny. I feel like he was in like some rom-com. 13 Going on 30, maybe? Was he? I think he was in 13 Going on 30. Let's check. He's in everything that's ever had CGI. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Oh, he's in the um, new Sam Hewen movie too. You're super excited. Oh, I I would have just been real. I would have seen it just for Andy Circus, quite honestly. Yeah, thirteen going on thirty. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. What? What? He was like the boss when she is a when she's thirty. Uh, so yeah, Andy Circus, Gollum, Black Panther. 13 going on 30. Okay. What a resume. And in just lighthearted fun news, the first jar of Nutella was shipped during this time. And then everything changed. Everything changed. Nutella changed the world. Mm-hmm. At least it changed my uh, voice. World line. peace. No, it didn't. World peace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if only. It's like, <laughs> if only Kendall Jenner had had a jar of Nutella instead of can of Pepsi. Oh, gosh. Maybe. In a black square. Yeah. yeah. Save the world. <laughs> okay. So we have all that going on in the world. But most importantly, we have. Six episodes mm-hmm. of the Keys of Marinus. Mm-hmm. We actually just both watched it. I watched it last night. You watched it today. Mm-hmm. What are your first impressions? Uh, I wasn't as annoyed as I usually am on these episodes. I also just I also see the quality getting better, mm-hmm. um, and, and I'm more captivated by it. Still a little distracted, but captivated by it. And I think what I liked the most is that. In this installment of episodes, like the crew really came into the crew, yeah, like bonding, you yeah. know, like even the first, like the first opening scene, I wrote on my in my notes, like first impression, they're like a jolly family, yeah, because they're all just kind of like 
joking around, mm-hmm. kikikiing. Um, so that was pleasant to watch. And like the doctor wasn't the arrogant asshole that he has been in the last couple episodes, which has made me hate his guts. And it has, he was actually kind of helpful. Yeah, so that's my first impression of that besides the fact that I was like, holy shit, acid water, you know? Sure. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I really like the camaraderie ship. It kind of is that hope that we had over the past couple episodes that they were mm-hmm. going to start actually liking each other. Mm-hmm. It kind of remi- This episode kind of reminded me of that sense that like I can shit talk my brother, but if you shit talk my brother, I'm going to gut you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they kind of started having that kind of feel where the doctor and Ian can go for each other. But don't you fucking touch my human. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Don't touch my doctor. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Don't you even dare. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm so mad at the doctor for kidnapping me, but don't you touch my doctor. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was definitely starting to feel some of that. I I like this episode. Mm -hmm. I I think it's it's an interesting little story. I think it has Mm -hmm. some cool elements. Um, Mm -hmm. It's definitely slow in some parts. Yeah. I definitely end up on my phone at some points. Mm -hmm. But a quick small synopsis, just because this one's a weird one Mm -hmm. a little bit in terms Mm -hmm. of all the stories that we've had. This one's a little bit more mini-sodish, where Mm -hmm. each Mm -hmm. episode within the story almost is its own story. Mm -hmm. So we have dude man named Arbitan, um, which honestly, one of my favorite names so far. I think it's a fun mouthfeel kind of a name. Arbitan created a mind control machine. Mm -hmm. And the Vords, who are our men in gimp suits, mm-hmm. want to control the mind control machine. Mm-hmm. Arbitan traps our the TARDIS gang and tells them to find his keys and that he'll let them go back to the TARDIS. That he is enwrapped in a that he has uh, wrapped up in a invisible something force field. Mm-hmm. Each episode has its own little mini story and a setting. Our first little mini story is a fancy brain slug controlled wonderland. The next one's an insane screamy jungle. Mm-hmm. We have a snowscape with the creepy mountain man and some frozen soldiers. And finally, a random courtroom drama. And we wrap it all up with the resolution where we suddenly have a romance subplot and it ends in total destruction. Mm-hmm. It's a one of the things I kind of find interesting about this, and as I was going through some of my critical analyses of of this episode, is that a lot of people feel it's very video gamey in mm-hmm. the sense that you're on a quest mm-hmm. to find the keys, mm-hmm. and it's very much in the concept of in like RPGs. Mm-hmm. It there's the infamous your baby quest or like go get go kill five rats, yeah. go get five sheep furs, uh, sheepskins. And you have to go get them, and then you come back, you deliver them, and it gives you experience, and you move on. And the thing about all of these critiques that I thought was interesting was they kept comparing it to this video game idea. Mm -hmm. But this is well before video games were anything more than like a boop, boop, yeah, boop. Like basic was had uh, the first lines of basic were being written around this time. Basic is a coding program that we don't use anymore. Because it's basic. Because it's basic. Because <laughs> it's basic. <laughs> no, but even when I was like doing, because I'm a nerd, and I went to summer camp in middle school to learn HTML and JavaScript. Of course you did. Of course I did. I did a really great presentation <laughs> on the uh, Riverbank Sioux in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. But even at that point, like they weren't bothering teaching us basic. Mm-hmm. And so this really predates video games. Mm-hmm. I also thought this was really interesting because I think it's more of the modern concept of storytelling 
where you have a season that has an overarching story, but each episode is its own story that has some element that contributes to the seasonal story. Yeah, I was going to say this reminded me a little bit of one of the seasons of The Magicians because mm-hmm. it's literally a quest to find keys. The, the, the seven keys. Yeah. yeah. I knew there was a moment where I was like very magicians. Yeah. I feel like magicians borrowed the I mean, but also like quests Everybody, for keys, yeah. You know, well, it's, just, it's very, it's, you know, one of the other draws, that, comparisons that you can draw here is it's very Lord of the Rings. Uh-huh. From the epic quest to the fact that a great person made a whole bunch of keys slash rings and scattered, you know, three for the elves, seven for the dwarves, nine for the men. You know, it, it's very that concept. And whereas Doctor Who could have borrowed from Tolkien, the concept of the quest is the crux of epics. Mm-hmm. You know, you have that in the Odyssey. You have that in a lot of Homeric stories. So it's a very old trope. Mm-hmm. But it's wildly different from anything we've seen so far in Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. And I think that it was fun in that regard, in the sense that, like, the second they turned those time dials, you just didn't know where they were going to go. Yeah. And that you could seriously go from a jungle that was trying to kill them to law and order? Jesus. Yeah. More like immigration court. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just ra- So it was – I liked that aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad that you kind of liked it because it, it's it's maybe not ever going to be – once we've seen them all, it may not be one of my favorite favorites. Mm-hmm. But it's always one that I kind of look back on fondly. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm watching it, I'm like, this is kind of boring. Mm-hmm. But at the end, I'm like, but it wasn't awful. It was fun. I'd yeah. watch it again. I felt entertained. Yeah. You know, I was like, okay. Like, uh, I felt like these six episodes went by quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That concept that, like, I don't have to think hard in these episodes. Mm -hmm. It wasn't hard to follow. It's not like I was following cavemen. There's no grunting. Mm -hmm. There's no convoluted technobabble plot. It's, we go here. There's an immediate danger. We solve the immediate danger. We move on. Mm -hmm. And I don't hate that. I mean, I love me some technobabble. Yeah. But I also really liked this setup. Yeah, I did too. I did too. So to break the episode down into our TARDIS rankings. Mm -hmm. How did we feel about the doctor through this series? Yeah, so I actually liked him. I have, I'm looking through my notes and in several instances I have like, you know, the doctor is really agreeable this in this episode, you know? The fact that he played defense counsel for Ian mm-hmm. um, really stood out to me because, you know... They Jovially. Really he, mm-hmm. he loved being yeah. on the defense. And also just the side of him actually being a grandfather came out with Susan uh, because I feel like in other episodes, like, he's a grandfather by name, but I felt like there was more of that familial connection and affection being shown to Susan Hmm. by the doctor this episode. That's interesting. I fully disagree. Really? I feel like the doctor went, fuck, Susan, I'm so tired of you. You go hang out with me and Barbara. (laughs) Go hang out with your new aunt and uncle. I don't want to deal with you. I'm going on ahead. 
<laughs> like he never at no point when they were traveling ahead did Susan go with Doctor. Yeah. And for me it was like I'm going to go ahead, you know, to to do this thing. You stay here where you're to be you're strangled safer. by the jungle. I mean, he didn't know he was she was going to be strangled by the jungle. He should know by now <laughs> that he steps foot off the TARDIS and the world Susan is dangerous. Crazy. Yeah, Susan doesn't. Yeah, yes, yeah. So I actually liked him this episode. Um, I really <laughs> just the scene of him in the court resonated with me because it reminds me of what it's actually like to be in court, but like a sham court. Okay, that is. <laughs> I was, I was- that I was is about to say. the immigration court mm. because it's like it's definitely one of those things where like they reversed it. You're innocent until proven guilty. This yeah. one's like you're guilty until you prove it innocent. Right. It happens in immigration court. Sure. Um, the fact that the judge only gives him two days to prepare yeah. to present his whole case. Yeah. Also in yeah. immigration court, not two days, but like two weeks to put on this entire fucking complex asylum case with multiple issues. And <laughs> really just like the the urgency of trying to open and close this case. Mm-hmm. Also, very mm-hmm. much like the immigration court system. So it was funny. Not like haha funny, but to me it was just like, huh. It like hit you a little differently. Yeah. I was just like, okay, you're coming you're you're doing what you can with this bull these bullshit circumstances. Mm-hmm. I kinda like you for this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so he definitely changed my mind this episode. Yeah, I it's interesting that you liked him more because this for me, this series uh, the doctor's not really a huge component until he gets to the case. The, that's why I liked him. Probably. Probably. <laughs> no, he um this the first series is one of those where it's like they it, it took like 40 it, there's like 42 episodes mm-hmm. you know we're cracking through them because we're doing these as series mm-hmm. but a lot of these have been six to seven episodes yeah so they had to give him vacations and so the doctor william hartnell he's mm-hmm. not that's not his name in real life his, he, he had a real name <laughs> william hartnell had like a two-week break and so that's why in one of the early ones he's like i'm gonna go on ahead i'm gonna meet you in five days pieces and then shows back up so mm-hmm. he had like two weeks off mm-hmm but and so it's a it's one of those like the modern parlance would be like a dr light mm-hmm. episode and even then i really like the fact that he's like buddy buddy with everyone now mm-hmm. but i really like it when he's an asshole <laughs> I, one of my favorite parts is if we're going to look at the the courtroom scene when he's like i have evidence and then he puts sabitha up there and they just lie they just they lie their pants off about everything to make dude man confess, kind mm-hmm. of, before he gets shot by his wife. wife yeah. <laughs> Which is really interesting because that would have taken place like a couple of months after Lee Harvey Oswald got shot mm-hmm. and for the exact same thing, for mm-hmm. trying to confess mm-hmm. about the assassination of JFK. Yeah, yeah. So there's some people who were like, mm, maybe that wasn't very tactful mm, to do that. But that. the UK is like, eh, you know. America. Yeah. <laughs> There's some of the things that I loved, loved from the doctor. When they first step out mm-hmm. and they're like, a glass beach. I wonder if this is ice. Where is it glass? And the doctor says, it's impossible in this temperature. Besides, it's too warm. I just, I love lines like that where it's redundant. Or when okay. Susan melted her shoes. Yeah. In the, 
acid water. Mm-hmm. And Ian so chivalrously gave her his boots. And they go back to meet up with the doctor. And the doctor said, well, if you would have had your shoes on, <laughs> you could have lent her yours. Wow. And Ian's over there just like, oh, doctor. You're so funny. <laughs> um, so I, I liked that buddy buddiness, but at the same time, the doctor was like, "It's that whole thing where he was nice. He was mm-hmm. he was odd, gotcha." Mm-hmm. And I like it when he's more like, "You're an idiot, I'm a dick." Yeah, you, you're total idiot. What are you What are you talking? About? Like, I'll put up with you, but like, you're an idiot. Yeah. So he just, I don't know. It's not my favorite. With you this episode, he ju- yeah, it's not. It's not going to be my favorite doctor episode. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I liked it because he wasn't a dick this episode. That's too bad. I like Dick Doctor. <laughs> so, if you liked non-Dick Doctor, mm-hmm. what are you going to rank him? Um, I mean, I liked him, but he did like he, you know, he didn't really do too much this episode. Correct. Um, I think I'm going to give him a seven. Nice. Kind of middle of the road. Better than average, but still not bad. Nice, nice. Yeah. I gave him a 6.5. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'm actually starting to try to do these scores before we sit down. Mm. So that if you have negative things to say or positive things to say it that it doesn't yeah that i'm going with like my your, raw yeah, I feel feeling you. about I feel it you. i feel you i feel you yeah yeah that yes that's uh one of your highest scores for the doctor so far yeah since like I the very very beginning him. yeah you usually yeah i usually hate him we've grown folks yeah you went from a one to a seven mm-hmm. in like three episodes mm-hmm. so that's uh mm-hmm. really great now what do you have to say about um screamy susan oh poor susan I mean, honestly, she just screamed a lot this episode, but when doesn't she ever scream? But also, I just felt like her, the whole purpose of her character is almost to reinforce that adult versus kid dynamic. Because Besides the first episode that we saw her where she was like this annoying fucking girl that know it all, right? Yeah. Like she gets really muted in everything yeah. else. Like even um you know when when she was when she heard like the the jungle, right? Mm-hmm. And the noise and then like Ian was like, "Oh, Susan, like right. here you go again with your bullshit." Yeah. And Barbara tried to be a little bit more like consoling her and mm-hmm. actually try to pretend like she cared, but she didn't give a fuck. But it, 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 but at the same time, it was also very much like, um, you know, this silly girl mm-hmm. making up these things, right? right? So again, like I, I just think that I, I'm, I'm more and more convinced that her purpose on this show is just to give the teenagers, like she's a token teen, absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you want to hear the summation of my notes on Susan? Sure. The whole thing. Let's hear Everything it. I Let's wrote in it. two and a half hours. Susan screams, goes early and screams some more. Kidnapped, barely gagged. First time screaming would have been useful and can't manage to do it. Yep. That's it. That's it. 
Yes, yeah. screams. She screams a lot. Well, awesome. and then in the courtroom drama, when she gets kidnapped by the one that looks like Sabitha, she's sitting there with it just like not even fully gagged, just over her mouth. Bitch, scream. That's what when you, you do. you have to scream, she doesn't like, scream. Like, scream. They could have heard you through the door. Then we wouldn't have to waste time. Like, you took up a good eight hours of Ian's life. Sitting there looking at that weird clock, yeah, waiting yeah, yeah, yeah. for the zenith to come. And Susan can't fulfill the one thing she does in the group, which is scream. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons that she's, that I get disappointed on her behalf from the writers mm-hmm. is that they continue to introduce female characters that fulfill a similar age group mm-hmm. for her in these episodes mm-hmm. and give it to our guest stars. Sabitha was much stronger than Susan. Oh, yeah. It reminded me of Pink Cho Mm -hmm, and Marco mm -hmm, Polo, mm -hmm. where I understand, like, great, we're going to have these little buddy romps with Mm -hmm. Susan and the new girl. Mm -hmm. But at least give Susan some of this dialogue. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, Sabitha barely screams. Sabitha has things to contribute until they reduce her to a romantic subplot. Mm -hmm. Um. But why can we give some of that to Susan? Susan deserves something. Mm-hmm. And it's just incredibly disappointing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, what do we give Screamy Susan? Again, it's just kind of, she's just kind of there for me. So I'm just going to give her a five. Yeah, I give, yeah. Down the road in the middle, like really not, doesn't add anything. Yeah, I give her one. Oh, wow. I, I just... And I think it comes a lot from the anger of, like, the doctor literally wasn't there mm-hmm. for two episodes. Mm-hmm. And he contributed equally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather you just not be there. Yeah. Like, go take vacation. Yeah. Like, go take a vacation with William Hartnell. And it's not Caroline Ford's fault. No. Like, she has actually, the actress has actually been really vocal about how disappointed she is with the way they decided to write her character. Mm-hmm. And it would be interesting um, down the road if we ever decide to do side pro- like side bits or a side podcast episode kind of a thing. There are radio dramas and novels and all like just the universe of Doctor Who is so large. Mm-hmm. And later stuff with Susan tends to be a little bit more developed. And it's the only way Caroline Ford would do it was if they didn't. Like, you know, you can't listen to a radio drama where the only thing someone does is scream. Yeah, no. I'm, what are you supposed to, what are you, what are you supposed to do in a novel? Ah, write it. A-A-A-A-A-A-U-G-H. Yeah, and describe the way she screams. Exclamation point? Severin? Exclamation? Yeah. So it'd be interesting if like once we get like way further down the road, if we revisited Susan through some of those. Yeah. All right. So you gave her a five. I gave her a one. Let's move on to Miss Barbara Wright. Homegirl Barb's. How did you feel about uh, Barbara? Barbs. I, again, she is just continuing to come into her own character. Just a champ. Yeah. Like she, once again, connecting the dots for everyone. Our logic heroine. Yeah. 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 So I think that's just her role now. Mm -hmm. Like she's the one that's like pointing things out. Ian is the muscle. The doctor's like the comedic relief asshole that's just going to fuck shit up and Susan screams. 
Yeah. Like, that's the dynamic I, yep. I'm seeing unfold. Yeah. No, I, I really liked this episode. You know, definitely... I give I'm I'm giving her props. I'm just looking through my notes here. Yeah, I just have here. Here comes Barb just killing the game. <laughs> oh man, I Connect have. To the yeah, I have. <laughs> in all exclamation points, get it, Barb's smash those slug brains. <laughs> yeah, she was. She not just. Oh man. Happy. Yeah, in that man, I loved it. I should also say, I loved the slug brains. Yeah, which. Reminds me of a, another point that I was coming up for me watching this was, um, you know how in the in the episode where the TARDIS has is starting to show her character like her edge of destruction. Yes, mm-hmm. I kind of got a little bit of that of like what we were talking about here with like the um, the creation of this machine that has a conscious, right? Mm-hmm. And then it goes too far. Mm-hmm. And also these like slug brain things. Yeah. That are like essentially machines, but they're using humans as their like pawns. Yeah. You I know? loved it. So it was just interesting to revisit that whole aspect of machines when they develop mm-hmm. too much, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that, that well, was and just- that's and that's kind of interesting because this is one of the I think it was in um, about time one of the books that I read for the show. Um, they were talking about how it's really important to remember that anybody over the age of twenty, while this came out, would have lived through Hitler and Stalin. Oh shit! Yeah, and would have been really aware of the concept of person or a small group of people claiming that they're trying to do what's best mm-hmm. by thinking for the masses mm-hmm. and that's kind and that it's that it's dangerous for anything to do that for the masses mm-hmm. which is kind of what we're seeing even with like Arbitan's machine with the yeah. slug brains that it's that whole warning the doctor gives at the end where it's like you know machines shouldn't think for humans yeah. and and so I think that's a, a really interesting point and that's something that I kind of see throughout this specific serial is the implementation of the concept that while the erasure of evil is a great goal mm-hmm to do that creates its own, which is kind of what, when we've been talking about who is the bad guy of each episode, kind of what you've been like getting at mm-hmm. is that whole, the path to hell is paved with good intentions. Yeah. So yeah, Barb was badass this episode. Yeah. I feel like she's just kind she of- a bad bitch. She just keeps building up. Like mm-hmm. every episode, she gets a little bit more, no, I'm not going to fucking do what Ian tells me to mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. Oh, and she actually says that. Yeah. At one point in the episode, she tells, like, Susan, she's like, hey, like, how do you feel about always being told to just, like, sit behind? And she's just like, fuck that shit. Yeah. No, I also liked the um, flipping of the gender roles in the, um, which episode, episode two with the slug brains. Mm -hmm. Because Ian gets brainwashed. Barbara comes in and saves the fucking day physically. Yeah. Not just logically. She's not just our thinker in that mm-hmm. episode. You know, just by chance, she doesn't get brainwashed. She doesn't have a little thingy thing that gets mm-hmm. put on the forehead. It slips off in the night. So she can see what's going on. 
side note, I love a good perception fucking mm-hmm. episode where mm-hmm. one person can see the truth and everybody else is like, what are you talking about, crazy mm-hmm. person? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like reverse gaslighting. And I mm-hmm. think it's a, re- I think that is a great story element. True gaslighting is bullshit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she comes in, smashes all of the slug brains, and then she goes, there, there, Ian. You'll be okay. Ah! And she just comforts him like it's the 1960s and she's a man and he's a woman. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. it was you this, were here for I it. I was so here for it. It was one of those moments where I was like, that's what I want, writers. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what I want, director. I want more of this subversion mm-hmm. of what is supposed to be. And even in... Um, Oh, same episode. Episode two was Barbara's episode, really. Yeah. That in the cu- case, the courtroom stuff. In and it, it, it didn't exactly mean she didn't exactly mean this because this is when she still thought that everything was like lovely and silk and everything. But when Ian was the one being like, "Here comes the check. You don't know what you're actually gonna have to pay for this," she looks at him and says, "You can't apply Earth's standards. You just can't." And it was one of those moments where I was like, I hope that they continue this idea of Earth stuff mm-hmm. belongs on Earth because that's a specific culture. And yeah. they've come out of it. And so they have these expectations. Yeah. But mm-hmm. this is their, well, it's like their third alien-ish setting. Mm, okay. And really having to come to terms with the fact that things outside of Earth don't have the history to groom are aliens to think a certain way to act a certain way to behave that whole flipping on its head of in the courtroom drama yeah you're guilty and proven until proven innocent yeah 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 yeah. and so different concept of what that's like yeah and i think for her to state that is a great mindset as we move forward and hopefully as they continue especially in any of these where we're dealing with aliens that they continue to do that where they're not going to make these snap judgments about, well, on earth, this is how we would do this. It's more, let's sit back and see how they do it and react to that. And I think that's what Barbara's strong suit is, is whereas everybody else in the gang in the courtroom drama Mm -hmm. is reacting how they would to a courtroom. You know, Ian is like, what do you mean? I don't understand. I'm innocent until proven guilty. And they're like, not they're here, like, bro. Not here. And he's like, that's dumb. And Barbara's like, okay, well, if that's the case, this is how we need to handle it. Mm-hmm. This is what we do from here. She's able to code switch in a way. Yeah, absolutely. And mm-hmm. I, you know, and I think that's really incredible considering that we're still looking at white male writers from 1964. Mm-hmm. They're shit at writing Susan, but they're doing a pretty bang up job with Barbara. Mm-hmm. Pretty impressive. And again, I think it has to do with the age thing. Absolutely. So, Miss Barbright. Barb's. I'm going to give Homegirl an eight. Deal. Mm-hmm. I liked her. I really liked her this episode. I'm going to match you. Yeah. Definitely an eight. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> ching, ching. Yeah, I didn't go higher because one of my notes for her was she's either in episode three in the snow stuff. Mm-hmm. My note was she's either the most competent or as useless as Susan. Mm-hmm. And until I can get an episode where she is the most competent, mm-hmm. You're still gonna give her- I'm, I, I can't go way, way, way high. 
I need her to just be, give me back that pilot, Barbara, yeah. where she's like, we're doing a welfare check. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just barge into the TARDIS. I'm going to do the thing. It's yeah. instead of being too unreasonably screamy. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Fair, fair, fair. All right. We've got one of our teachers, one of our modern humans. How about Ian Chesterton? You know, I liked him because he was actually a little bit smart in this episode. He was waiting for the other shoe to drop because at this point he knows, like, anywhere we go with this TARDIS, things are not as they seem. And I know to expect that now. Mm. So I I love that he pointed that out again as a refresher to folks. Like, no, Susan, don't just jump in the water. Like, you don't know what this is, you know? Right. But he's still treating women like infants. (laughs) But now the table's turned. Ian was actually seeking help from the doctor. Right. Which I did like seeing Ian in this... uh, like vulnerable situation where he really had to rely on his, on his teammates to to get him out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially because I, I, I'm just thinking in this era in 1964, right. Just like being able to write in that vulnerability. And I think is huge. Yeah. So Ian, this episode, I think I'm going to rank him a 6.5 because he like I, I like he he was there, right? He like he did his thing. I liked seeing like the vulnerability aspect. Um, but besides that, I don't really to me he didn't really stand out. Like the shining star was not him this episode for me. Guys, my jaw's on the floor. <laughs> on the floor. Because do you know what I ranked him? A ten or a nine? A three. Oh three? Oh, <laughs> This useless hunk of meat. I, 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 the biggest note I have on Ian for this serial mm-hmm. is in episode four, mm-hmm. which would have been the snows of terror when they're going over the rope bridge that they probably use in the Daleks oh, episode as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I wrote, almost eats it on the rope bridge. Thank God for single takes. <laughs> That's the most substantial thing I wrote for Ian. In this serial. You know, I have a note that's like, hey, he's so cool. He didn't take off his clothes from Marco Polo when everybody else did. That shit's made out of silk. It probably stinks by now. (laughs) And I like that he's comfortable with the doctor now. Mm -hmm. That's super great. But that doesn't do shit for me. That gives him like a point and a half. So three. Useless piece of shit. That's crazy. I I usually hate Ian. But I I, I gave him high points because I like the vulnerability. He didn't do any like at least in the other episodes he's trying to help and he's trying to do shit and then this that's one that's why I like because he's out of the way. I mean maybe yeah that's fair. <laughs> that's fair that's fair because in any like, other episode where he's in the shit I'm just like fuck him I love it you're he's like, a zero you're like the doctor doesn't do anything so let's score him high Ian doesn't do anything so let's score him high mm-hmm. yeah. Barbara is the only one that matters, so let's score her through the roof. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, and that's kind of why I'm scoring him real low. It's mm-hmm. just because at least in other episodes, he's made efforts to be useful. But like mm-hmm. even in the courtroom drama, all he can do is innocent until proven good. Like he can't, he doesn't do anything. But he, I think he also is good to show that 
paradox, right? Like, I think that he is is placed there to voice what the audience is thinking at the time. Because in in my aspect, like, this is my wheelhouse, right? I was like, that's not true. Like, this is not how you do law. Like, this is not how you do it. Right. So, like, I felt like Ian was voicing what I was saying in my head in terms of just, like... Well, sure, but I, then I would argue that because in the the one episode that we haven't really even touched on yet is where the uh, jungle is creeping. <laughs> Those are some creepy ass vines. I, I mean, yeah, absolutely. But like, I, I my background's in biology, and Ian was a science teacher, mm-hmm. which means you're dealing with a lot, especially in like mm-hmm. secondary school and all that in England. Like, you know, that's basically high school, middle school, high school for us. You're dealing with some chemistry and mm-hmm. basic chemistry. Mm-hmm. When Dying Man says the code to find the key, my brain immediately went, oh, well, that's a chemical formula. It's not a real chemical formula. Yeah. But the way that he said it, I was like, oh, that's a chemical formula. Why would that be a fucking safe? I, I get it. The safe's right there in the middle of the room. It's the red herring. But wasn't the last safe you saw that had a dial, that but with place. letters and numbers? <gasps> And then it's not just that it's a safe in the middle of the room, but he's literally, the whole room he's in is full of chemistry equipment. It looks like my OCHEM labs. Mm -hmm. And his brain didn't go at all, oh, chemistry, we're in a chem lab. That's part of where my frustration came from was like, this is what you're here for. Mm -hmm. You know, Barbara's the history teacher. She's there to know history stuff. And, like, she did. There was that one little moment where they first walk up in the first episode, and she's like, this building is made without mortar, just like the Egyptians, just like Mm -hmm. the Incans, just Mm -hmm. like the Central Americans. Yeah, she had some good little tips. Yeah, she's got this, like, on lock. And then in the one thing Ian's supposed to know fucking shit about, it doesn't even, he doesn't even say, oh, gosh, isn't this interesting? I'm a scientist, and we're in a lab on an alien planet. He doesn't even, he's not even interested. So fuck him. He's lucky I'm giving him a three because if I hadn't scored him ahead of time, I'd be giving him a fucking one. But he gets a three for giving Susan his shoes. That's his redeeming quality. Yeah. His one redeeming quality. He's at least like chivalrous kind of. Yeah. Without being totally chauvinistic. Okay. I can see you. you, Yeah. All right. Now that we've gotten through um, our character scoring. We get to our contentious category. This one's not going to be contentious. It's not on my end. So let's start off with who is your baddie? Uh, I think for for me it was pretty obvious this uh, this season. It was the uh, what is it the wall, the wall, the board boards the ones in the gimp suits. Yes, the ones that look like the yes. To me, they were. The evil ones, because they were trying to revive this machine that had a consciousness that they weren't trying to revive it. They were trying to control it, control it. Yeah. But it was still it was it still had that flawed consciousness aspect to it. That was his face. Arbitan. Arbitan was conscious of and was trying to fix before doing anything, with. which I think both of them kind of had the like, there's just one thing where it's like, 
let's not fuck with machines so much. Oh, like, 100%. Let's not have them have a conscious. Like, I apologize to Siri every time I drop her. Like, let's let's yeah. not do this, no. you know? Um, so I think both of them are on par with, with just how uncomfortable I feel about giving machines so much power in terms of that. And to me, they were more the villain than the people that were trying to kill the, the doctors because I think that potentially what could have come out of um, reviving this machine with the consciousness um, could have been much worse than mm-hmm. um, anything that any of the little villains in every episode could have done yeah. together. So what are you going to give the board as bad guys? I mean, I think they were good bad guys in, ter- in, in the sense of like, y'all went for this really destructive fucking thing. So I'm going to give them... A 6.5. See, you started this by saying, this isn't going to be contentious on my end. <laughs> it's this. I just don't think this category, ever since you decided <laughs> that Ian was going to be the bad guy, <laughs> I, I can't look at these episodes the same way ever again. Mm-hmm. Because now everybody can be the bad guy. Yeah, sure. I went with Arbitan. I can see that. Because in totally my that. opinion... If we told this story from the Vord's point of view, they would have been the heroes. Mm-hmm. There was nothing about them that was blatantly actually bad. Mm-hmm. Because we don't know what the consciousness's effect had on them. Mm-hmm. We don't know what their intentions were, really. Yeah. We didn't really get a lot of background information on them. They could have just been like freedom fighters. They could have. Um, and I really saw this as one of those examples of the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And that Arbitan created a world because everywhere they went with these little time jumper wristwatches mm-hmm. were on the same planet mm-hmm. that were affected by this consciousness. Mm-hmm. And that the slug brains may not have been there had it not been for a consciousness that eliminated, quote unquote, evil. Mm -hmm. You know, they even talk about in the courtroom drama that um, murder is unheard of in Mm -hmm. Millennius because Mm -hmm. evil doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. you have this world that cannot do anything for itself because of this consciousness, because this guy created it whether or not he intended to be good bad evil yeah he still eliminated people's choice mm-hmm. yeah and i agree for that i'm gonna i'm gonna call him the bad guy and that the board who knew what they were doing maybe they were little twisted pieces of shit i you know it, it it's a real choice to crawl into an ant gimp suit mm-hmm you know, they they made some choices when they made their outfits. You know, and I definitely see the like black white dichotomy of Yeah, I was the gonna outfits. say that. I was like, that's definitely something that I put down in my notes. Like, here we go with the black white, you know. Yeah, and like if you're gonna choose to wear the white hood, you know, don't come all holier than thou when you took away people's right to choose. Yeah. Also just I uh, the fact that white hood was still resemblance of human while black hoods were resemblance of creatures Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. just like 
building in that stark good versus evil but you know yeah. white hoods could also be the clan so <laughs> you know and he did you know and he never went to go get his keys back yeah in this world where you have created a consciousness that can because totally he knows he did at- some fuck shit well like s- send everybody a text be like hey guys i need my keys back <laughs> Like, they got phones. Bing them through the time force, you know? Like, don't just send your daughter off (laughs) who is, like, you know, 18 and gets stuck in her the first leg of the journey. Yeah. And everybody's like, we don't believe you because Arbitan would have sent a better messenger. Uh. Arbitan, (laughs) like, give him at least a signed note. Something. I can't go to the bathroom in high school without a signed note for my teacher. Send him a signed note. Something. Give them a. Give you your like a ring that's like got your name on it, tattoo on your forehead. Arbitan sent you something. Ah, and so for me, shit. You definitely the bad guy, but also a shitty bad guy. Yeah, I don't think this one had a clear, strong bad guy, which I'm not mad about, and Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the reasons why it's an entertaining story. It's kind of like my favorite bad guy of it all is the slug brains. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Are they the bad guy of the story? No. Mm -hmm. But they're still my favorite ones. So you gave the Vord 6.5. Yeah, because they were unsuccessful, one, but also um, just because, like like you said, they weren't this like crazy obvious bad guy yeah you know they weren't like it's that thing where like nobody in this story is actually a really good it's not like we have the daleks yeah who are like we're gonna kill everybody extermination (laughs) we're gonna throw a parade we're gonna have a party we're gonna dance around your corpse um yeah nobody was the bad guy this was a story full of gray Mm mm-hmm and I yes. and I like gray, except for the brain slugs. They were bad, <laughs> they were but they got their comeuppance. They were I know they were so cute. They looked like little slugs. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> I love. I but love they were those. also I like how evil they were because they're like oh these like meat sacks. You yeah, know? I like, know. <laughs> I love them just sitting in their little bell jars, being like we can't move, but we're gonna tell you what to do. Yeah, bitches. Uh, yeah, I love. No, I love. That. I love. That. I love. I love them. I loved them. Um, but I'm going to give Arbitan a 5.5. Okay. So still very middle of the road. He's not going to be, I, I don't think, da- I think in several seasons down the road, if we go back to this story, it's what we're going to n- talk about is the adventure of it all. Not, I, I could take or leave Arbitan and the board. Like they're hard. I, I'm going to talk about the brain slugs mm-hmm. and Barbara wrecking shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And not Arbitan of the board. Yeah. My takeaway from this episode was Barbara fucking shit up. Yeah. And just the sham fucking courts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I also like one of the things that I liked as we kind of, I think we're kind of moving um, fluidly into our story critique. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I thought was fucking fascinating um, was in the snow one what's it called the snows of terror Mm -hmm. we have our crazy mountain man yeah right 
little Hagrid ish. You know what? You know what? He is the worst bad guy. He is the bad guy of this all. This is what would have happened if 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 Hagrid had, had his wand snapped. Yep. And Dumbledore hadn't been. The, this would have been like if Voldemort had been like headmaster or whatever, and he'd been like, "Fuck you, half giant." Uh, spoiler warnings. Right, all around. <laughs> it's a. <laughs> the story's like. Over a decade old, though, guys. So, like, get on board or get lost. It's okay. I'm just reading book seven. But I've also seen the movies already, so. Mm -hmm. I don't think this will spoil you for anything. (laughs) Um, This would be like if Hagrid had, like, gotten kicked out of school and Voldemort had been in charge, so he hadn't been like, hey, be the gamekeeper. Instead, Mm -hmm. you need to go live on the outskirts of the giant communities. Like, where his uh, half-giant older brother, well, his actual full-giant older, older, younger brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Half brother, half but brother, full, full, full giant. giant grop. Yeah, grop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Groppy. Yeah. <laughs> Where like they found grop. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. He would have been like absolutely not so. That's basically this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Crazy yeah. Hagrid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. up in the Himalayas somewhere. Yeah. Uh, getting all with the abominable agro male. Mm-hmm. Coming for Barbara. Barbara bites him. Good for you, boo. I love her. I love her. I feel like yeah. I do. I, you know, I don't think I knew. I don't think I realized the last time I watched these how much I just am into Barbara. Mm-hmm. Um, Started up hating her. Her fucking hair is terrible. But oh, she's her hair is still terrible. Great character. You know what though? Now, the, the, and we've talked how much I hate her outfits before. Mm-hmm. The one that she has right now in black and white because I mm-hmm. happen to know that that sweater was pink in real life. And Diana, Diana does not do pink. <laughs> Diana does not do pink on principle. Um, oh, we can't wear pink on Wednesdays. Just kidding. <laughs> Look, this may lo- this may lo- lose us some listeners. I don't do Mean Girls either. What? I'm not a Mean Girls fan. Oh my god, you're gonna lose a co-host. <laughs> Look, you can love it all you want, but and I understand. Like, there are parts of it that are funny. I love. I but I'm just not like a Mean Girls. Nah, I'm not different podcast, but. I love me some mean girls. Okay, so anything else you want to kind of say about the story? I'm no, basically we covered it. I mean, my, the thing that stood out to me the most was just the the black white dynamic and just like mm-hmm. the characterization of that. Um, which you know that it, it kind of it, it leads you to think that one is inherently good. Mm-hmm. It's like no, not really. Actually, y'all, you're you're both trash. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Um, some of the things just about the story, like, uh, mechanics wise, mm-hmm. outside of like the characters, mm-hmm. I really liked, um, in the third episode where you have this, we kind of have this thing that we've got going on where each one we're getting the key and we're moving to the next place, mm-hmm. but we get the key and then we find out and then we have a portion of the group move to the next place and <gasps> it's a fake. So now we've got adventure with Ian and Barbara to find the real key. And I really like that kind of twist to the uh, idea of what we were doing with these episodes. Yeah. But I also really, really liked the sound effect for when they time the, when they space jumped. It was the it was that like. It sounded like when you get an email on an iPhone. I I wrote down. <laughs> it sounds like the page wipe sound effect. That that one kid would overuse on their PowerPoint in middle school. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. AKA me. You, yeah. <laughs> I would use that and papyrus font. Yeah. That was me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In like all the colors. Yeah, yeah, that was me. 
But like that was early days of PowerPoint. Nobody had seen PowerPoint before. We all thought we were clever. <laughs> I also made a note that in the snows of terror that I bet all that snow was asbestos. Ew, yeah. They didn't know better then. I bet it was just all fucking asbestos. Oh, God. We have to research their health conditions. <laughs> also, and because I'm a big fan of bad effects. Mm-hmm. Yes. Let's talk about the shitty ways people died. Oh, that's what I was going to say in the ice cave. That's what I was trying to get to with the crazy mountain man. That's what I was getting to with crazy mountain man. So mountain man is crazy and a little bit rapey yeah. and Real just, rapey. just really horrific. And then they all show back up running away from these like random ice soldiers with really shitty cardboard weapons. <laughs> And they're all in his little mountain cabin, and he's like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. Ah, things are coming. And Ian's like, deuces, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like, almost Poke, verbatim. poke, 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 poke. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you get his eyes wide, and he's like, huh, and, and then falls you just over. see this, like, crazy knife. And yeah, the cardboard knife just coming through this door, the shining style. You know, here's Johnny. And the TARDIS gang, who let's remember, let's take Screaming it back. back. Let, let's take it back a couple of episodes mm-hmm. where they found a dead pig in yeah. the forest and screamed. Screamy. No, yeah, usually so screamy. They just look at him. They're like, "Wow!" And we're off, bitch. <laughs> Looks like you're having a really bad day today. Like they watched a man get murdered. Yeah, and almost no response. Yeah, I mean, I get that he was a crazy bad guy. But, like, the pig didn't do anything wrong, and she screamed over him. They screamed over that pig. The pig was just living its life. Well, I mean, he wasn't. He was dead. (laughs) He was super dead. But, like, in the afterlife. Just chilling on the ground. Just some bacon hanging out. You know, Barbara screams bloody murder. And then leave Timon out of this. (laughs) (laughs) That was Pumbaa. Pumbaa, there we go. Leave him out of this. You know, screamy Susan and Barbara, who can be as screamy, watch a man be murdered, murdered in front of them. And they just kind of are like, oh, well, I guess time to go. (laughs) Bye. Deuces. (laughs) Yeah. How desensitized have they become? That scene. Can we talk about the first scene where we get the board? Uh. Like when they they get to their first mm-hmm. plot, right? Yeah. And the board is like, obviously got stabbed in the back before, right? But it's yeah. just chilling. And then all of a sudden, I think Ian or Barbara, I forget who, come in. And then all of a sudden, the, the board is like, <gasps> and then just dies so slowly. Yeah. And it's like falling over. I love it. And for me, it's just like, <laughs> I actually put him on no slowest death ever <laughs> and then even like the knocking that knocking out ian obviously they did not oh, hit him in the head yes <laughs> yes it was literally just like <laughs> yeah missed his head completely but somehow that totally knocked him out uh-huh. right? yeah so much to the point where he could not feel this one like murder weapon being yeah. put on his yeah. yeah yeah it was crazy. that was yeah i loved it that kind of shit that kind of shit, I live for. <laughs> terrible, terrible. It's like the reuse the, of the set. Yeah. Well, or in the ice cave when they get actually into the ice cave proper, and they're like, like, oh gosh, the 
ice. It's so intense. And you look at it and it's like cardboard wrapped in cellophane. Obviously. You can see the cellophane like hanging down. The really dramatic bridge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is literally just Yeah, and he eats shit going over the bridge. I, um, at the very end, one of the Vord, when they're bringing in Sabitha, just trips over the set dressing. And, <laughs> and, I, and, I th- and like he's known in the fandom as the clumsy Vord. Yeah, yeah. That kind the one take wonder yeah. of this show can re- really does provide some beautiful little gems. Yeah. I, I, I just, I will never, I mean. Screaming over a dead pig and just not even blinking at a dead man. But you know, that could have also just been her vengeful self coming out like good. Die. Evil Barbara. Yeah. Evil Barbara. I, I, I could be into some evil Barbara. I feel like Barbara could be real evil. I th- Yeah, I think she could be real Given evil. Given the right circumstances. The right know, kind of power, the right Barbara kind of energy. could be a real, a real one. Mm-hmm. I think so too. So... Mm-hmm. We've discussed mm-hmm. the characters. We've mm-hmm. discussed the baddies. Mm-hmm. We've had a, a lovely of amount of whiskey. It's been great, Balcones. Oh man, and it's a good. And the name Balcones is good mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. I like saying it. Yeah. What are you going to give the story? I did not. You know, um, it resonated with me with the courtroom scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely gonna give it. I'm really glad you liked that. I was th- I was afraid you were not gonna like it because it's corny. I mean, it's corny as yeah. fuck. But it's guys, this is another podcast, but this definitely reminded me a lot of my day to day. And um, you know, like you said, there's a lot of gray area here, mm-hmm. which I live in the gray area. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna give this episode. I want to say a seven point six. Nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm into that um i'll say that um so i i am trying to score these before i come in mm-hmm. but there definitely was something a part of this conversation that made i i was i came into it thinking it was gonna be a seven mm-hmm. and i've raced it to an eight mm-hmm. um so i think that's kind of along the lines of where you know you are um it was it was a it was a fun episode. It was. it was silly. It had just enough plot points to keep me. I'm gonna be honest. There's a reason I don't watch courtroom dramas. My eyes were rolling in my head a little bit. I was a little bored. But if they had just like bratted it, like just tighten that up just a little bit, I probably would have been chill with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but. So it's why it can't be an eight nine for me is because that yeah. courtroom part of it. I would have liked to see more of the slug brains, got it, and the perception fuckery, mm-hmm. more so than like courtroom quite drama. as much of the courtroom drama that I got. Yeah, um, there was a one point where I like actually went in and like started looking into the British legal system, mm-hmm. but it turns out it's just as boring and uninteresting to me as the American <laughs> legal system. I'll look it up for us. Thank you. <laughs> Sideshow. <laughs> so, 7.6. I give it an 8. Yeah. And that's super awesome. Mm-hmm. We, I think we finally agree on this episode. Uh, on this, Except like, for Susan. Except for fucking Susan. And Ian. I gave him three that's and right, that's points right. lower. Yeah. But I feel like this this has been the but most the, agreeable I, I feel like, yeah. I, I feel like there wasn't... Thank you, Bacones. He definitely helped. I mean... Oh, I mean... <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I still feel... What did I... Yeah, 9.5. I'm very happy giving it a mm-hmm, 9.5. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
So that just brings us to the most important question. Is this story neat or not? (laughs) Now you can go. (laughs) Hell yeah! Yeah! It's neat as fuck. Neat as fuck, yeah. I'm super into it. Mm -hmm. I think that down the road, when we start to compare all the neat episodes, I don't necessarily think it's going to be like the best. Oh, no. But it's fucking fun. This is the best thus far. It's the best thus far. And it's one of those where, considering that the courtroom scene was a little too long for me, if I were to like tell someone about this one, I'd be like, ah, the courtroom scene's a little. But I also almost feel like I can give somebody this episode without any caveats. Mm. Just say, here's some 1963 science fiction. And that's the only warning you need. This is just good 1963 science fiction mm-hmm. with a little bit too much courtroom scene for me. <laughs> but it's still a great episode. It's the a great story. I loved the courtroom episode. Yeah. And, I, and that's one of the reasons why I can like really be super for it is because for a law nerd, for you to love it means it's great. It's just campy enough. It's just satire enough. That it hits the right notes. It's kind of like the, all of the chemistry stuff and the science stuff. It's campy and stuff enough for me that it, it means it's a great episode. It's a great story. It's fun. It's finally a great adventure. And yeah. I don't think we've had a good adventure yet. No, because they've all been tra- too bogged down in dialogue, too bogged down really in the slow moving, in the techno babble. Really terrible stuff fucking scenery even though this one was pretty terrible but you know i didn't mind it so much because there's a lot of action going on well and i and i think it's kind of like the daleks could have been a great adventure it's a great bad guy it's a great synopsis it's a great thals versus the a great setup but the adventure of the story was just kind of humdrum it was a little bit lethargic Mm -hmm. The only great thing that happened was when the man got sucked into the whirlpool when he was sitting safely on the bank. (laughs) But this one, it was a great adventure. You know, you were still worried that Ian was going to get murdered in the courtroom scene. Who I mean, you didn't because he's a companion. (laughs) Absolutely. But there was that moment. You're sitting there the whole time. The second they say. I was trying to figure out how they were going to get him off. The second they say you're guilty until proven innocent. You're like, how are they going to get out of this one? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's, I think, the power of Doctor Who. It's never, are they going to get out of this one? It's, how are they going to get out of this one? Mm-hmm. And this one, in this story, I think really encapsulated that really well. You know they're never going to die. Like, they're not dying. You know, they're not going to get stuck in the screamy jungle. Yeah. But how are they going to get out? And this one played on those beats really nicely. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, having them, the stories each encapsulated into one episode made it so they didn't drag on so much. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So yeah, it's a neat episode. So next time, and I have been waiting. Okay. Not, I, I don't know if every time I'm going to tell you what the subject of the next episode is going to be. The next episode is called mm-hmm. The Aztecs. Oh, fuck. It's a full historical. Okay. 
Am I going to have a lot of shit to say about this? You're going to have a lot of shit to say. God damn it. Thanks for coming to our TED Talk. Thanks for coming to our TED Talk. Uh, We'll talk to you all later. Bye-bye. Hey, y'all. It's Diana. Thank you so much for listening to the end of the episode. If you want to catch us for another dram, subscribe to get Doctor Who on the Rocks as soon as it's released. And if you think we're neat, please rate and review on iTunes. It really helps us out a lot. You can also check us out at on the rocks pod, all underscored, on Instagram. Or if you have comments or concerns or even better, whiskey recommendations, please send them to mediaontherockspod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. It really means a lot to us. We look forward to seeing y'all again in two weeks for the next episode and another glass of whiskey. See you next time.